Good morning. I'm glad you're here today. God has given us a beautiful day today to uh, worship Him and to celebrate together. We are so glad that you are here with us. we got quite a few visitors, which is a wonderful thing because quite a few of our congregation are visiting elsewhere today. So we're kind of changing seats in the kingdom today, but we're all here and we're certainly glad to have you here. Today is what they call Mother's Day, right? And I tend to be of the opinion that was invented by Hallmark Cards to sell lots of cards and make lots of money. But, you know, mothers are very important to us, and everyone's minds are on mothers this weekend. I hope you've talked to your mother. I called and talked to mine this morning, and I, I hope you've honored her in some way. And, you know, the truth is the Bible has a lot to say about mothers, It has a lot to say about the kind of woman a mother should be, and it also has a lot to say about how we relate to mothers and what our response to the mothers that God has provided for us in our lives should be. And I want to talk with you just a little bit about that. You know, the Bible's full of wonderful stories of wonderful mothers. The one that comes to my mind is Hannah. And what a wonderful woman she was. She, she wanted so desperately to have a child. And she prayed to God and she begged God. And God gave her a child. And her promise to God was this, if you'll give me a child, I'll give him back to you. And she did. While the child was very, very young, she took that child to live with the priest and be raised by Eli. And I want to tell you, Eli was not a good dad. He had other boys that were sorry guys. I mean, they were just absolutely not worth shooting, as we would say. They were sorry. But she still took her boy and let Eli raise her boy. But you know who her boy was? It was Samuel. And he turned out to be this incredible man of God. What is the difference in him and Eli's other sons? Well, it's Hannah. (laughs) That's the difference. The influence that Hannah had on this young man in his life. You know, just because a woman is a mother does not make her an honorable mother. Isn't that true? You can read any time about women who abandon their children. Women who even teach their children to do evil things. Women who use their children for their own, purpose, or their own personal selfish gain. And take advantage of their children at times. You can read about stories like that. Any time of the day, anywhere in the world. But then there's the, the opposite. There's what I've experienced in my life. I've got a wonderful mother. My mother has been so involved in my life. She taught me good things. She raised me to love the Lord. She has been a a wonderful grandmother and now a wonderful great-grandmother. And she's just been a wonderful, excellent example from a mother. I have a wife who's been a wonderful mother to her children. And there are certain things in a woman's life that make her an honorable mother and it's what that's what I want to talk about this morning to start with is things that make a woman an honorable mother because we've got lots of moms here and I know because I've been married to one who's a mom and I've got a daughter now who's a mom and struggling to raise her little one and their moms always say well I don't know exactly what to do about this 
That's a struggle. There are certain things, certain qualities that make a mom a good mom, an honorable mom. And what I want to do is talk about those to start with. Number one, first quality. If you want to be a great mom, you have got to be committed to Jesus Christ above everything else in your life. I know your children are important. They are they are the most important thing on this earth to you other than your spouse. But they're not more important than Jesus. They're not more important than God. The Bible says that God demonstrated His love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, as wonderful as your children are, and I've got all of my kids here with me this morning, which is a wonderful blessing. As wonderful as my kids are, they're just kids. I mean, they're just children. They're not my Savior. They're not going to save me. And the same is true, moms, for your children. They're not going to save you. They're not your Savior. Your number one relationship in your life should not be your children. It should be Jesus Christ. The number one relationship in your life cannot be your husband. It's got to be Jesus Christ. That is a fundamental... You know, your children need a mom who loves Jesus a whole lot more than they need a new Xbox. They need a mom who loves Jesus a whole lot more than they need a full-time chauffeur or a second income. They need a mom whose primary goal and focus in this life is serving and honoring Jesus Christ. You know, um, as you raise your children, they learn to mock you or to mimic you, to do the things that you do. This morning, Adeline was there in our, in our bedroom and she had somebody's uh, basket of stuff they carry. Or I say basket, a little luggage thing full of their toiletries. And she dug in there and she found a uh, stick of deodorant. And she goes, <laughs> you know, and... <laughs> You know why she does that? Because that's the way Jesse puts on deodorant. <laughs> she does that because she's seen her mama do that. And that's what she thinks she's supposed to do is what her mama does. You know, that's going to last throughout a, all of your life, the influence that you have on children. And it's going to be so much more important than putting on deodorant or, or things like that in your life. If they never see you pick up God's Word, what kind of influence is that for them? But you have an opportunity to lead them and guide them and direct them. Let them see what it looks like to have someone in their life who really loves God and loves God more than them. Let me tell you something else about this with your children. They need to see that Jesus is more important to you than their social activities. I know, I know, we had all four of our kids were young at the same time and, and we had stuff you could do all the time. There's plays and there's ball games 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 and there's school activities and there's speeches and there's graduations and all kinds of stuff. I'm going to tell you, if you don't teach your children while they're young that serving God is more important than their ball games, you know what's going to be most important to them when they get grown? 
It's going to be their ball games. It's going to be the extracurricular activities in their lives. It's not going to be God. And they won't make good decisions and they won't make good choices because they were not taught while they were young that some things are more important than your social activities. Some things are more important than the things that you do in your life outside of serving God. You know, another thing that uh, got me to thinking about this, as I was putting this together, I was thinking about back when I was a kid. You know, Cracker Jacks always was something... I know you young people. Do you all even know what Cracker Jacks are? Do you know what Cracker Jacks are? They're going, uh... <laughs> back when you were my age, Cracker Jacks is this little box and it's got some popcorn that has sweet stuff on the outside of the popcorn. And inside every box is a prize. And I mean to tell you, we love to get Cracker Jack because there was a prize. And I want you to know that prize was the sorriest piece of junk you would ever see in your life. But we wanted it because it was a prize. I want you to know that all the stuff here in your life that looks like it's so important, and so the, the new car or the, the recognition or all those things, those are just trinkets. Those don't really matter. Those aren't really what makes a difference. What really matters are when you look in a mirror and you see how beautiful you are and all the ladies here are beautiful this morning and the men are hygienic, I guess. <laughs> when you look at yourself in the mirror, do you see someone who loves God? Do you see someone who loves Jesus? Or do you see someone who's wasting their life chasing the things in this world? To be an honorable mom, you need to love God. That needs to be primary in your life. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. No matter how beautiful you may be, that's not going to matter long term. You can't have enough surgery to always stay beautiful. It just can't happen that way. What matters is not the things of this world, but it's the things of God. Secondly, to be an honorable mother, you need to work according to your design. Wives, submit, your, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. This is just plainly what the Bible says. This wasn't said by a woman hater. It was said by somebody who was inspired by God to say this. In a home, God said the man is to be the head of the house and the woman is to be his helper and she's to submit to him. Now, in thinking about how to describe that, you know, the world you live in is going to say, wait, you... You don't have to do that anymore. Women are educated now. Women are capable now. Women are educated and strong and intelligent and all these things. And all of that stuff is true, but that doesn't change the issue. The issue is a matter of design. If I were to ask you what's more important, a sports car or a big tractor? What's more important? Most of us would go, a sports car, right? Most of us guys. Because we're not farmers. But if you're a farmer, you know what's most important? It's a big tractor, okay? 
You don't want to be trying to pull a plow across a thousand acres with a little sports car. You just don't want to do that because that's not what it was designed for. Now, I know some of you are going, well, I'd kind of like to have both of those things. <laughs> that would be great if you could. But my point is this. You don't load the family up in the tractor and drive to town to get groceries. And you don't take your car and go out and pull a plow with it because they were designed for different purposes. And the design of a woman, of a mother is to submit to her husband and to guide her house and to raise them in the ways of God, as we've just talked about. Number three, seek internal godliness rather than outward beauty. We've already talked about this a little bit, but I wanted to read this verse with you. He says, The women adorn themselves in modest apparel with propriety and moderation, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly clothing, but which is proper for women professing godliness with good works. Now his point in this passage is not it's wrong for you to wear a strand of pearls. His point in this passage is when you adorn yourself, when you spend time preparing yourself for the day, what do you work on? Do you work on the body? Or do you work on your spirit? Do you work on what God is looking at? Or do you work on what man is looking at? You see, God has given you a body and He expects you to take care of that to, to the best of your ability because you belong to Him. He wants you to use that body in His service. And there's nothing wrong with being attractive. The Bible talks about attractive women. And Jacob saw Rachel and he loved her because she was beautiful and they had this lifelong marriage. And, and that began because he saw a beautiful woman. There's nothing wrong with being beautiful. But the Bible also says that a beautiful woman without discretion is kind of like having a big jewel in the nose of a pig. Okay? You don't want to be like that. Young ladies here, work on developing yourself to be like God. Work on developing that character. You know, uh, the passage I had up there a minute ago, favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. We had that written on mirrors at my house when my girls were growing up. I don't know if they just learned to look through it and never noticed it or what, or if they really thought about it when they look at the mirror. But the idea here is for you to spend as much time or more time really working on developing that inward woman than you spend on getting that outward woman ready to go. Ready to look pretty to the world. You see, God doesn't care about the physical appearance. God cares about the person on the inside, the heart. And you have a great opportunity to teach your daughters the same thing. And number four, this is something that's really important, ladies. You need to spend time as a mom cultivating faith in the heart of your children. You know, the passage that I had Jacob read for us, Paul says, I thank God when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded is in you also. Timothy, there were very few men in the New Testament church like Timothy. He was an outstanding young man. He was the kind of young man that the Apostle Paul, of all people, found him, noticed him, and said, I want that guy to go with me. Why? Because of the quality of young men that he was. 
And you know where that came from? It came from his mother and his grandmother. That's where that came from. Now the reality is we all have our own freedom of choice and I can choose to ignore the leading and guiding and direction of my mother and my grandmother. But the reality is also that no one has more influence on the development of faith in the heart of her children than a mother. Have you ever heard the phrase, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world? Some of you have heard that phrase. What that's talking about is the influence of a mother on her children. Let me ask you a question. Do you let your kids, when they're young, play just anywhere they want to play? Do you let them do that? you let them climb anything they want to climb? Well, of course not. We wouldn't do that. Why? Well, they could get hurt, right? Do you let them eat anything they want to eat? Well, of course not. Some stuff's bad for them. You know, my kids, when they were little, if I let them eat anything, or I didn't care what they ate, but mom cared. <laughs> if she let them eat just anything they wanted to eat, all they would have eaten every day, in fact, it's still the case sometimes, is junk food. And that's bad for them. It's not good for their health. We don't do that. Do you let them tell you whether they're going to go to the doctor or not? Well, of course not. Why? Well, you know what? They need to go to the doctor sometimes, even when they don't want to go to the doctor, right? All of that we would agree on. The question is this. Why are we that way about what they eat and where they play and whether they go to the doctor or not? But we're not that way about church. We're not that way about their spiritual health. You know, my wife made sure my kids ate certain things and they always had to have vegetables and they always had to... You know why? Because they needed that. Because it's good for them. Do we make sure that the children get a nourishment of God's Word? Do we make sure, hey, you know what? I'm, I know you don't want to go to church, but you're going to church because that's what we do and that's where you get spiritually fed. I know you're really busy and you've got a lot of homework, but we're going to open the Bible and talk about something God said for a few minutes because that's really important too. Do we do that? Do you share your faith with your children? Do you ever talk to your kids about how you love God? Do you ever talk to your children about what God has done in your life? You know, I was raised in a very, very committed Christian home. We were, every time the door was open, we were there. And, you know, my dad traveled a lot. My mom had us there every time the door was open. And you know what? In my life, on Sunday, I never, not one time in my life, have I woken up on Sunday and gone, ah, oh, I wonder if I'll go to church today. I don't have to ask that because that's just the way I was raised. The natural, it would be weird for me not to attend church on Sunday because we just always did that, right? My mother cultivated faith in me from the time that I was very, very young. And I want you to know I'm grateful for that because... I don't know that I would have had faith if my mother hadn't cultivated that in my heart from the time that I was very young. You shouldn't just let your children decide what they want to believe without input from you. They need input from you. You need to teach them what's right and what's wrong. 
They need spiritual input from you. And if they're making bad choices and bad, de- bad decisions and going down bad roads, you need to intervene. You need to interfere. You need to step in with, as the person who loves them more than anyone else in this world and say, you know what? You shouldn't do that. That's wrong. You go, but they'll be mad at me. So yeah, sometimes they will be. But you know what? Your job is not to be their best friend. Your job is to be their mom. And guiding them and filling their hearts with faith for Jesus Christ. You know, we were talking about this yesterday. Somebody brought up, you know, you're going to die. I think it was Dustin was talking about how you're going to die. And I'm going to die. And he's been assigned to write a blog post about how you're going to die. And somebody else said, you know what you ought to do is just write... 500 times, you're going to die, you're going to die, you're going to die, you're going to die. And that be your blog post. You know what? You are going to die. And your children are going to die. And when they die, it's not going to matter how important or rich or famous or successful they were here because they're going to face the eternal judge of the universe and give account for their life. And you can do nothing better for your children than to prepare them for that day. Build faith into their life and faith into their heart. Now, I want to briefly cover a couple of things the Bible says about honoring this honorable mother. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise. This is originally said back in Exodus. It's quoted in the New Testament in the book of Ephesians chapter 6. And he says, children, obey your parents. And then he says, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may dwell long upon the earth. What does it mean to honor your mother and your father? I got a phone call this week from someone who has a problem in their greater extended family. This is a a person who's grown and has their own family and all, but there's conflict with this person's mom. And the question they asked, and they called and they said, what does it mean that I have to honor my mom? What does that mean? Because I want to do what God says, but this is really hard. You know, and this is really a struggle. And really, what does it mean to honor your mom? Well, the word honor is one place we can take that from. The word honor actually means heavy. It means weighed down. It means to prize. The idea is this. Something that you honor is something that is of heavy value to you. It's something that has weight to you. It's got gravitas. It's got meaning. It's important to you. And it's something that you prize. Most of us have things that we prize, right? We have something that's important to us. A couple of years ago, my mom at Christmas gave me a shadow box. I think that's what it's called, isn't it? Called a shadow box. It's a box that has glass on the front and some things inside. And it's got my grandfather's watch and my other grandfather's straight razor that he used to shave with, and my great-grandfather's watch. And it's got, it's got items from my ancestors. I've got that in my office, and that, that is valuable to me. Now, the value of an old worn-out watch and an old straight razor money-wise is nothing. But it has great value to me because that belonged to my ancestors. You understand that, right? You might have a baseball that was signed by Babe Ruth or someone important. You might have... We've all got something that's valuable to us. What do we do with that? How do we treat that? 
if I had a baseball signed by Babe Ruth, do you think Jacob and I would take it out in the yard and, and play catch with it and me let him hit it? No. Why? Because it's too valuable. It's valuable. It has value to me. Okay? Some of you who don't know who Babe Ruth was, he was the greatest baseball player that ever lived. Okay? So, my point is this. The idea of honoring your mother means that you hold her as someone of great value. She's very valued or important to you. Now when something is of great value, you treat it carefully. You treat it as though it's not common. So when you talk to your mother, do you talk to her as though she's of great value? Do you respect her as though she's of great value? Do you talk to her like she's your servant? Do you talk to her like you're irritated at her? You talk to her like, oh, come on, Mom. We've been over this. Or do you talk to her like she's really, really something of tremendous value and worth in your life? You know, when the Bible says honor your mother, that's what it means. It means to treat her as though she is of tremendous value to you in your life. The thing about honor is you can't honor yourself in this sense. It has to be done by other people. You know, uh, I see Connie's got on a, a flower there. It's, someone did that for you, right? Connie didn't go buy herself a flower. What good would that be? I mean, she could do that any day she wanted to. But that's not honor. I mean, she's not really receiving honor when she does that. It's honor when someone else does it for you. So all of you who have a mother... You should honor your mother. I'm not saying you have to buy her flowers. What I am is saying that you treat her as though she's valuable. Though she has great worth to you. I love that picture because you can see in that picture that the older lady has great value to the younger lady. She's not being dismissed. There's the other side of that coin. Talk to the hand. Okay? I don't want to hear what you have to say. You know, honoring your mother means to treat her with respect. Listen to what she has to say. Your mom is not always going to be right. But listen to her. And think about what she has to say. She's made great sacrifices for you. Consider her with great honor. The Bible says, let every one of you revere his mother and father. Revere means to guard or to protect. It's your responsibility as much as you can to guard and protect and take care of your mother. When I, I took this picture, shouldn't have because there's signs everywhere that say don't take pictures, but uh, this is a picture of the Mona Lisa in the Louvre Museum over in France. And the thing about that, that's bulletproof glass there, it's behind, and that it, they've got an entire room and there's a a banister here in front of it so you can't get any closer than that and it's not just bulletproof but it's got all kinds of coatings and stuff on it to keep light from from deteriorating the colors of the paints and all they do that because that's tremendous value there and that value they want to protect right they want to protect there's all kinds of alarms and stuff like that and guards all around why because it's got great value that's the idea behind revering your mother protecting her it's taking care of her 
And that's not just physically standing there to fight somebody who would bother her, but it's protecting her in every way that she needs protection in her life. The Bible also says, Cursed is anyone who despises his mother. You know what the word despise means? I've already got it up there. It means to take lightly. It doesn't mean to hate or mistreat. It means to take them lightly. It means to treat them as though they are just someone else. It means to treat them as though they are not someone of any value. It means to treat them as though, oh, come on. Listen. God tells you and me, if you've got a mom, He tells you to treat her as though she's of great value. He tells you to not take her lightly. This is the opposite of the heavy. This is the light. She's just of no value at all. She's that piece of paper you crumple and throw away. Oh well, she's mom. You know, that's just the way mom is. And we just ignore her and go on like she doesn't matter. You know, no one likes to be treated that way. No one likes to be treated as though they don't matter, do they? None of us like that. But God requires you and I to honor our mothers, to treat them as though they have great value, to dedicate ourselves to protecting them and to not take them lightly in any way. So what we've covered here is some things that God wants us to do. And He says, to him that knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. These things we've been talking about today, ladies, for being an honorable mom, you know you need to build faith in Jesus into your children. Do that. Do that. If you don't, it's sin. You know you need to make God number one in your life. That may make require changes from you at times. Do that. That's the most important thing. And if you don't, it's sin. You know that taking care of the inner spiritual woman is more important than the outward woman. Do that. Do that with the possession of God. If you don't, it's sin. And those of you who aren't mothers, honor your mom. Do that. Don't be disrespectful to her. Don't treat her as though she doesn't matter. Honor her the way God has guided and directed you, told you to honor her. So this is the list of things that we've talked about right there. Become a committed Christian. Honor God's design for your life. Seek internal godliness. Cultivate faith in your children. Then honor, respect, and esteem your mom. I wanted to talk about these things because I knew mothers were on most everyone's mind. And uh, as I end the lesson this morning, here's what I want to ask you to do. If you're a mom this week, think about some of that stuff, okay? If you're a mom... Think about how you're doing in those areas. And if there's an area where you're not doing as well as you should, then really redouble your efforts on that. Really say, you know what? I haven't done enough to develop my internal godliness. Or I haven't done enough to cultivate faith in my children. Or my own faith is not strong enough. I'm going to change that. to work on it. If you aren't a mom and you're here to just hear the things we're talking about today and your mom is around, then honor her. You're not always going to have her around. While she's here, treat her with honor and respect. Give her a call. Talk to her in a, a tone of voice that doesn't belittle her or put her down. 
and let her know that you love her and that she has great value to you. These are things God's called us to do. You can do that this week. And I ask all of you to think about that. If there's something there you're not doing, go ahead and make a change and, and begin to experience the good results of doing these things that God tells us. If there's a spiritual need you have that you would like to bring before the church, we always offer a song of invitation. If you'll make that known while we stand and sing.